the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for Where You Live with Gene Sullivan, the show that deals with the news and events that affect you the most. Whether you rent or own, live in an HOA, single-family home, or an apartment building, Gene will tackle the issues right where you live. So, from the CIT studios, here's the original Man of Steel, Resolve himself, who stands for truth, justice, and the association way. Here's Gene Sullivan. Good morning. Welcome to Where You Live. I'm Gene Sullivan, broadcasting from the CIT studios. CIT providing customized technology with an individualized smart banking solution for homeowner associations as well as the community association management companies who serve this industry. Whether it's online banking fast and simple, financing for that special HOA project, you can always turn to and trust CIT. CIT member FDIC. I'm also brought to you by the great folks at Extreme Exteriors. I had uh, a week off, uh, but um, back at it. Glad to be in the stu- in the studio and with you too again, uh, Mr. Trevor K. Well, glad to have you back. How you been? Oh, uh, better than I deserve. It was a, a great week. Uh, my uh, business partners and I spend one week a year where we do some planning and some goofing off too. And uh, we had a uh, had a, a great uh, great week uh, in Florida. Um, but I've got to I've got to ask you something. Are you are you mm-hmm. big into uh, Facebook, into uh, uh, Twitter, or any social media? Uh, yes and no. I I have a Twitter account that I haven't touched in five years. I am pretty active on Facebook, and I do a, a good bit on Instagram, though. Okay. I heard I, – I, I got out of uh, Facebook probably about a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. One of the best decisions I ever <laughs> I'm sure. It was just uh, – I, I realized the people that I really know and care about, I'm connected with them anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, – and uh, – and then there's uh, are these uh, other people that are called "quote unquote" friends, which just means someone who agreed to uh, look at your uh, your f- uh, personal feeds, and then you get stuff from them. Uh, not for me. But there was a big controversy in the news talking about. I don't know if you saw this, Trevor. That uh, uh, th- there are people that were arguing if you got lost in the woods, okay. Um, and uh, you didn't have much time left on your cell phone because the battery is running out. Mm-hmm. Someone said it would be a good idea to jump on your cell phone and to uh, change 
your voicemail to say, I'm lost, uh, here's where I think I am, I don't have much time left, and, uh, and then they said that that would be a good way of helping people to find you. And other people were saying this is absolutely ridiculous. See, I had heard that, and it feels like a good idea on the surface level, but I'm just assuming there's some kind of loophole or issue with that that I haven't quite found. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yes. Um, uh, people who were first responders said, that, no, if you only have so much time, it's best to call 911 uh, <laughs> so that we can get a read on where you're uh, on. Uh, on uh, where you're located, you know, before the cell phone goes out, and and we have and we have people that are ready to respond versus uh, waiting for someone to call y- your phone, and then does someone think it's a joke or does someone uh, call on that? And I mean, it, it's just, and I just realized, yeah, I guess it would be better if you only have a little bit of time left. Why don't you just call nine one one? Well, yeah, and I mean, how many people are really trying to call you these days? I mean, it'd probably be a good day or two before someone tried to call. Even then, they'd probably hang up before they got to my voicemail, you know? Yes, there, there you go. So anyway, uh, that was, uh, but apparently it was a big to-do. People were really feeling passionate one way or another. That just tells me there are a lot of people with too much time on their hands. Yeah, I had seen that. I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, we only have so much time on our hands, and we've got some great information and some stories that we will get to you today. So why don't we begin, without further ado, with property management in the news. Property management in the news is brought to you by Will Tarbox of the Tarbox Insurance Agency in Maple Grove. Providing insurance to help you protect what matters the most. For quality coverage that's affordable, get a quote from Will today at the Tarbox Insurance Agency. The number to call, 612-237-7700 and tell him Gene sent you. Well, our first story here... um, Let me begin by asking a question. What has changed in your life that you didn't like see happen? Now, I'll I'll tell you uh, one story. I remember, uh, Trevor, and this is uh, when I was a kid, I hated uh, to see the International House of Pancakes that was close by our home that uh, went away. Oh, that's heartbreaking. they, they (laughs) They used to have on Saturdays, all the pancakes you can eat. That's a real and, loss. I feel that. And my and I tell you, my dad, uh, my dad and I would uh, would spend a number of Saturday mornings, and it was time with my dad. It was kind of fun. We'd see uh, who could uh, eat as a growing uh, growing young boy. It was kind of fun. It was kind of sad. That was a something that changed in my life. I, wouldn't you agree? People don't necessarily like change in their life. Generally, not. No. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that changed in your life that you remember just being kind of bummed out about? <laughs> uh, pretty recently. So long story short, I was at a park a couple weeks ago, and I had a bat land on my arm. So I had you know, big medical bills stack up from rabies treatments, and that was a change I wasn't too thrilled about. 
I have a lot of medical debt suddenly. I didn't know that you and you got rabies <laughs> from a bat that landed on your uh yeah, land, land, literally landed on my arm. I was sitting in a, at a park bench. So, uh, Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> starting rate is $20,000 pre-insurance. So good, oh. t- good times. Good oh. times. Yes, okay. So that, that's a change. <laughs> yep. a change yep. isn't always, change isn't always uh, wanted and warranted. Right. And uh, so we all understand that. Uh, but when change happens, folks, in your HOA, that, too, becomes a very touchy subject, mm. and it was for the folks living at the Renaissance Park Homeowners Association in Raleigh, North Carolina. We've got a clip. This is from station WNCN, Channel 17 News in Raleigh. They're an ABC affiliate. Here's the story they covered just a few days ago. Trevor, play the audio. After announcing it would enforce a no-renter policy, the HOA, HOA board of a South Raleigh neighborhood now considering grandfathering some renters in. Good evening. I'm Angela Taylor. I'm Rod Carter. Glad you could join us tonight. CBS 17's Mackenzie Stasco is live at the Renaissance Park. And, Mac, you've been following the story since the very beginning. This is a, a pretty significant change. Yeah, it sure is. We first told you a few weeks ago that up to 180 families who rent here at Renaissance Park would have to be out by July 1st. But today we've learned that the board of directors has called a special meeting at this clubhouse right across the street to consider changing some of those bylaws. Encore Gupta is part of the Save Ren Park group of homeowners who support permanently allowing rentals. We've had uh, rentals in the neighborhood since the start of the neighborhood. Out of a thousand properties, about 180 are being rented out. No rentals have been on the books since the neighborhood was first built in 2006, but the developer didn't enforce it. When the new HOA board took over, it planned to enforce the policy and oust renters by July of next year, but is now considered grandfathering some of them in. Is it enough? Uh, honestly, I think the problem is no one really trusts the board at this point. Gupta uh, says he's skeptical of the timing and lack of transparency about the special meeting. It aligns with the election for the open seat on the board. I mean, there's nothing to stop them from walking back again on their word. I asked the HOA board for more details, but was told they couldn't comment on the situation. People around the neighborhood didn't want to comment either, saying they're concerned about openly sharing their thoughts. If the grandfathering part does come through, that would potentially save those 180 families from having to move in July, right? Uh, the question is, how's the grandfathering work? The other things I've been thrown out, one rental per fa- one rental per family. Okay, so if I if I own a place and I rent two places, let's say, and there's two families who are long term, like we've talked about renting there, I can only keep one. And as you just heard, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. We've also learned that the board of directors will hold its annual meeting upcoming this Wednesday, where we will hopefully get some more clarity about all of these rental issues here at Renaissance Park. Live in Raleigh, Mackenzie Stasco, CBS 17 News. Well, what do you think? You know, I uh, one thing uh, that came to my mind is I don't envy the position that this newly appointed board of directors are in. They're going to be damned if they do and damned if they don't. Uh, what is the right situation uh, uh, here? What is what is the answer? How should things be answered? That's what we're going to take a look at today on Where You Live, but we're going to take a break. So don't go away. Uh, so much more right after these messages. 
You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. Breaking a heart. Yes, I think that's what uh, some of the people at the Renaissance Park Homeowners Association feels like. What would you do? Um, here you you move in, you become an investor, and you uh, are using uh, a home, maybe two, as uh, as a rental. Only problem is the governing documents by the developer, by the way, always were written to say that no rentals were allowed. This same developer allowed that to take place, didn't abide by it, and uh, they didn't do anything. They just gave it all to the new board to handle, and now the board's coming out like the bad guys. Uh, What would you do? How would you handle this situation? That's what we're talking about today on uh, where you live. But i got to first say welcome back. Um, I am Gene Sullivan. This is where you live. We're broadcasting, of course, to you each week from the CIT studios. And before we get back to this story, I want to give a shout out to another great sponsor for our show. That is Extreme Exteriors. You can count on Extreme Exteriors to provide you with affordable, quality home solutions backed by expert craftsmanship and installation to ensure a lasting performance. With over 20-plus years of experience, give a call to the company that both HOA boards and association managers trust, Extreme Exteriors. Give them a call at 763-441-1334 and tell them Gene sent you. Uh, Let's also take a moment right now, shall we, to hear from the Community Associations Institute. Here is the CAI Minute. Are you a member of the Community Associations Institute? For nearly 40 years, CAI has provided education and resources to volunteer homeowners who govern community associations and the professionals who support them. Visit caionline.org to learn more. That address again is caionline.org. CAI helps community association board members by providing online resources, in-person training, and hard copy publications written by association management experts. CAI offers community managers professional development networking opportunities and a certification program that's established as the industry standard nationwide minnesota has its own chapter of the community associations institute to bring resources and tools from community associations around the country right to your home visit caimn.com to learn more and become a member of cai today your community and management company will benefit from your involvement join the community associations institute today at caimn.com and click on membership you know, the more I think about it, this situation that we're uh, talking about today uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, with the Renaissance Park Homeowners Association, really isn't that an uncommon of an experience. I bet you a lot of you who are in HOAs can't think of uh, being in a similar position. I know I can uh, over the years that we've managed HOAs, there have been a number of times where, uh, let's face it, the uh, transition from the developer to the homeowners takes place, and uh, people are just trying to get a footing on uh, what they need to do and what they're responsible for. You can have a lot of years pass 
with uh, a certain practice or protocol that the board does, only to find out years later that's not what the governing documents say that's how you should handle it. Um, And in that particular case, I can think of cases where uh, the board for years pay for an expense that really is a limited common uh, element. Uh, And then years later, they're in a a world of hurt. They're in hardship. They hire management company. One of the things the management company does is they review the governing documents. And they say, oh, hey, wait a minute. You have a practice where you've been reimbursing homeowners for this. That's their expense. And now you got to tell the next person who bellies up expecting that to be paid, and they're going to say, that's not fair. How about all the other people? And they've got a point. And that's what's happening here. How do you handle a situation like this? How would you shepherd people through this mess? Well, um, as I was taking a look at this, uh, there's a couple of points I'd like to, to bring to your attention. First, what I'd like to bring your attention to is what I thought was a very interesting comment. Uh, this was uh, from the uh, one of the homeowners who is for rentals, and uh, his name is Mr. Gupta. Trevor, please play cut number one. Is it enough? Uh, honestly, I think the problem is no one really trusts the board at this point. There you go. Uh, isn't that always the case? No one trusts the board. Uh, if I could rephrase that, usually what that means is someone who doesn't agree with the board's position, they're the person that says, uh, I don't think I can trust the board. I don't think anybody trusts the board. And that is... Um, And I bring that up because that is a common thing that I I hear quite a bit. And and I've even uh, called people on that this week, and it's not a pleasant thing to do when someone said, well, I can't can't trust the board. No, what you mean is you don't agree with the board's position. But that doesn't mean you can't trust them. That doesn't mean they're not trustworthy. In this particular case, you don't agree with them. But there is a way to handle that, and that's what we're going to be talking about, okay? Um, uh, It um, made uh, by Mr. Gupta sound like uh, that the board went back on their word. Uh, And I would say, was it the newly appointed homeowners who finally took over from the developer? Remember, the developer was in control of the HOA. The developer had their people in the positions of the board. But what happens as the association develops, when you get to what's called that that, uh, magic number of about 75% or better of the homes sold and lived in by a homeowner, then there's what's called the transition. The, dec- uh, the declarant, the developer, turns over the control of the board to the uh, newly appointed homeowners. And uh, that's a common thing. What I like about Minnesota is that uh, because of the way things played out, you remember a number of years ago after uh, the uh, real estate bubble popped and we had 
years and uh, years where things were underwater and uh, developers couldn't sell the unit and they uh, their homes and they were in control of most of the property. People didn't like being in that situation. It sounds like that was the case here in Raleigh, North Carolina. In Minnesota, what I like is we changed the gov the uh, state statute to read that after a five-year period, whether or not you get to that magic number of 75%, new associations have to, the uh, developer has to turn things over to the board who is in control. And that uh, that's important. That didn't take place here. This took place uh, just recently, and uh, people were dismayed that uh, here you had the developer who wasn't uh, uh, wasn't making sure that uh, the governing documents uh, were lived up to by everybody there. And so was it really the newly appointed homeowners uh, who were going back on their word? No. To me, it was the developer. That's the person who did that. Remember, it's the developer who created the governing documents for that association in the first place. They didn't have to create governing documents that would say no rentals. I'm aware of a number of HOAs that are silent on the matter, whether or not rentals are allowed or not allowed. They didn't have to do it. I believe that the in this particular case, I think the developers knew darn well what they were doing. They put it in there because they knew that that would be a selling point. And I bet you they marketed marketed and sold the community with that set of documents, and then they didn't enforce it. And now they're throwing everything on the backs of the new board. So, to me, why is the narrative about 180 families could be forced out of their homes? And why is it not the developer promises anything to everybody just to make a quick buck. It really could have gone that way as well, don't you think? To me, who was the real disingenuous one here? The developer. And I'd like to explain uh, a little bit further, but I can see by the clock i got to take another break. So don't go away. A lot more of where you live here on AM 1280 The Patriot. Back after this. You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. Welcome back. This is Where You Live. I'm Gene Sullivan, broadcasting to you from the CIT studios and also brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. Before we get back to uh, our topic of a developer who kind of left the new board high and dry uh, with some uh, serious issues to deal with, let me remind you of some great resources that we have available for you. Go to our website, newconceptsgroup.com. There you're going to find a preferred vendor uh, directory with over 55 categories. 
from everything an HOA is looking for in products and services. This is great, especially if you're a self-managed association. Perhaps you're looking for a quote managing your HOA. Perhaps uh, you're looking for help in managing a rental property. Or perhaps you just like to connect with me because you have an issue or question you'd like me to tackle on the show. Or you have a story that uh, you think needs to be shared. All of that is there at newconceptsgroup.com. Like I said, to me, the real disingenuous one here is the developer. I um, I really uh, am uh, almost convinced that uh, the way uh, uh, things have uh, turned out here as you read th- this story, hear about this story, is that uh, the developer, I think, was... Uh, just being uh, very careless. They set up governing documents to say no rentals. A lot of people know that when people purchase a home in an HOA, they like they like the sound of that. No rentals, okay, great. Um, and uh, they they don't want to deal with uh, renters because the the view is that renters uh, aren't going to care for the property like the homeowner. And that's true to some extent, but to a lot of extent, believe me, I think it's the uh, investor landlord who doesn't do a good job in sharing and maintaining expectations with the with the renter, because there are a lot of great renters as well that you can have in the property. But in this case, no renters were allowed, but the developer just turned turned their head the other way, and over the years of uh, 1,000 units at Renaissance Park in Raleigh, they went to about 18% of all the units were now rentals. And now, all of a sudden, uh, the new board, they're being castigated as being the ones that uh, are two-faced when it was really the developer. Okay, I I can uh, just imagine the developer saying, oh, don't worry, you can do what you want. The association is yours. How do I know that? Look at the spokesman for the group that wants to see rentals stay. His name was Ankur Gupta. He was interviewed, and he mentioned one of the ideas floating around now to try and work out a compromise, maybe, is uh, the situation was to say that if you're an investor-owner, you could keep no more than one home. He said, hey, I have two families in rentals long term. I can only keep one. This is a guy who uh, we're not talking about an accidental landlord, someone who said I need a rental because I'm I'm in military service. I've got a a job transfer uh, or one person saying I'm just going to buy one. This is person who is intentional and wanting to buy more and more units. And he's saying, I don't like this. I can see his point and his perspective. But that's something, folks, that the entire association is going to have to figure out. One thing I do know from reading this situation, it appears that the current board, I believe, is trying to do their darndest to come up with a compromise. And at this point, that's going to be something where no one gets a hundred percent of what they want. But 
if there is a true compromise, everybody will get something that they can live with. And that, my friend, should be the holy grail of real politics. It's too bad that we don't see that demonstrated in our professional politicians on the state federal level, isn't it? But that's what really needs to take place. Politics isn't just what happens at election time. It's truly trying to balance the rights of the individual with the rights of the majority in securing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How does that process take place? I've talked about it a number of times by being deliberate and taking time. And isn't that really what is taking place in this situation? There were some people who were quoted as saying that the, the, they thought that uh, the board was being two-faced. And uh, that was in uh, cut number two, Trevor. I mean, there's nothing to stop them from walking back again on their word. So here is uh, Mr. Gupta saying, uh, uh, yes, I know they're saying this, but they're going to step... Uh, probably step back on their word. And this was a misunderstanding that I think Mr. Gupta has. And that is that this is the same board. As I talked about, this isn't the same board, is it? The first board was the board of the developers. They'd recently transferred things over to the homeowners. It was a homeowner-led board of directors now. And they had a number of people who said, hey, guess what? There's not supposed to be rentals, but there are a lot of rentals. And there were people who were now on the board's case saying, hey, why don't you start enforcing what's supposed to be there? Mr. Gupta looks at this and saying, oh, the board's being two-faced. We can't trust them. Well, no, this is a different board, a different board who is trying to understand two groups of people who have a different perspective of what they want to see happen. And so they're taking time to allow for all kinds of possible solutions to be considered. We have to remember that uh, when the board enforces governing documents, it is not a small group of a few people that are in power. They're not living in a vacuum, okay? Again, I'll remind you, 180 of the 1,000 homes were in the hands of investor owners. 820 homes were in the hands of owner-occupants who read the governing documents, and the governing documents said rentals were not to be allowed. They made a decision to purchase based in part upon the governing documents. Would you not agree, folks? I would. It would be be ridiculous to think otherwise. We know that uh, in this uh, particular case that there were a number of people, as I said, that were going to the board saying, hey, you got to do something about it because the uh, station, CBS Channel 17, 
stated in their report, CBS 17 also reached out to homeowners who are against the rentals, but they declined to comment or go on camera. Folks, this is not a one-sided issue by a long shot. More importantly, when you find yourself in a situation you had not expected, does it help to continually harp about it and who's at fault? Uh, That's what some people want to do. They want to just um, exempt, uh, I guess, uh, just to uh, magnify Well, look, something went wrong. Look, something went wrong. But that doesn't do anything in changing things. Doesn't it make sense that at some point, the adults in the room need to point out and say, let's talk about not everything that's wrong and why, but how to fix the mess and move on, and move on in a way that everybody can live. If people continue to hold on to this idea, it's got to be my way or it, folks, you should not live in an HOA. Um, And that's what's wrong in our politics today. We don't have the art of compromising between political parties anymore. I'm of one political persuasion, and and you are as well. It might be the same. It might be different. But guess what? We've got to learn to live together. How about working on the things that we can agree on and moving forward? How do you fix it? That's what needs to be done here. How do you fix this situation? How should the board move on? Well, I've got a few things to say about that that I think every HOA ought to know about so that you can move on from difficult situations. What is it? I'll talk about it after we return from these messages. You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. Welcome back to Where You Live. Uh, I'm Gene Sullivan, broadcasting to you from the CIT studios. I'm, of course, brought to you by the great folks at Extreme Exteriors. Before we wrap up uh, our show today, let me point out two things. Number one, if you ever miss uh, our show Saturdays at 10, just know that the Patriot always plays an encore airing of Where You Love every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. right here on AM 1280. Uh, but before we wrap up today's show, let's take a moment to hear from the Minnesota Multi-Housing Association. Here is the MHA Minute. When you rent out your home, you automatically become a small business owner and are subject to all kinds of rules and regulations. Fair housing laws, rental licensing, CRPs, lead paint, radon, carbon dioxide, just to name a few. As someone who provides rental housing, you'll have to learn more about your community, your city council, and your law enforcement agencies than you ever imagined. But if you properly manage your business, you'll also become an important and positive partner in the community. 
The Minnesota Multi-Housing Association is the most comprehensive resource you'll find for everything you need to help you successfully manage your rental business. Visit MMHA.com. That's two M's, MMHA.com. Look around the website, download the free guide to successful property management, download the free brochure about the eviction process, and learn about the many ways you can turn your small business into a good business. Now, what really encourages me about this situation, folks, is I believe that the board of directors at Renaissance Park in Raleigh, North Carolina, are on the right track. I know it because that's what I heard from uh, from uh, one of uh, their de- detractors, the person who wants to see rentals, Mr. Ankur Gupta. He said, hey, uh, what does it mean uh, possibly grandfathering in? He said it's, they're only talking about possibly uh, grandfathering in. He said there are a lot of ideas being uh, bandied about. And he thought that meant that they were two-faced. No, I think it's because what was happening is the board was understanding we've got people that are on two sides of this fence and have some really uh, firm convictions here. Let's try and, and bring this in together. Let's work and build a consensus to do that, that means you've got to listen to every idea, even if it's a possible one, no matter how outlandish you think it is. My suggestion is what this board is doing. The board was uh, getting ready to call for a special meeting of the owners to discuss and weigh the merits of whether or not it makes sense to allow some rentals in some form or another. Uh, there's 18% that already are. You can't just say uh, to uh, to people, uh, uh, no rentals, that's it. I suppose you could because the governing documents state that. And you're going to see people who are going to be in hardship. And if people end up losing a home and can't sell at a good time, guess what? You're going to, the board will probably have some lawsuits on their hand. You don't win with that. Okay. So you have, in this instance, a clear case where rentals uh, were allowed, but they shouldn't have been, okay? So uh, it's good to bring the 1,000 members together. Could the 1,000 members decide that uh, even though our governing documents state no rentals are allowed, I'm a. I'm not going to have a rental, but I see other people have rentals, and I see it's really not a big deal to me. Could people say, "Hey, that makes sense. Why don't we allow it?" Of course they can. That's part of the wonderful thing about self-governance with HOAs. Just because the governing documents were written a certain way by the developer doesn't mean it always has to stay that way. You can change them. This is important for people uh, uh, to go through this process because they need to see demonstrated the wishes of the majority. So, for example, if you need 75% or better of all the members of the association, so in this case that would be 750 people or more who would have to vote to say, we want to keep things the way they are, no rentals, okay? Wouldn't that be helpful for the people who are just the 18% who are investors 
to see that better than 75% feel that there shouldn't be any. This helps in providing people to come to a resolution with, uh, with the decision. And a lot of times that's taken away. Boards feel afraid to want to go to that point to have an open meeting for the homeowners because, well, why should we have a special meeting? It's not necessarily called for. We have an annual meeting. We have board meetings. That's it. Nothing more. But sometimes when you have an important issue, it can be very important to bring it to everybody's attention so you can kind of uh, take a a reading of uh, the temperature of where everybody else is, okay, to either not allow rentals or to continue to allow them to happen. Um, Another thing you can do is come up with... uh, when you're looking at all of these different ideas, how about the idea of uh, some sort of hybrid? This is what I've seen a lot of associations do. The hybrid is we're not going to allow rentals uh, except for in cases of hardship, because we understand that uh, can someone have a spouse die and now all of a sudden they can't afford the home? uh, And uh, do we want to just see that taken away from them? Uh, There's divorce, there's military service, There's a job transfer. Uh, Are there hardship cases where it might be, even though you say no rentals, might be good to allow something for a period of a year or two to help uh, good people uh, make that transition? Yeah, I think think there is. You know, and once uh, that's been determined, uh, you know, I think uh, the board can uh, work to uh, build a consensus on how to get back where they want to be. Um, You know, uh, this last summer, our legislature was working on how to end the moratorium. And we've talked about that for for months on this show. They refer to it as an off-ramp process. Remember, off-ramping to show uh, some understanding, some deference to those who were in a real hardship. Now, for the record, the idea of having a process of having an off-ramp of how to get people off the moratorium and to get back to normal, I applauded. I may not have agreed with the details of how to get there, but that's the process of politics. That's the process of the, uh, the beauty of uh, the wishes of the majority. And when you bring things up and allow for there to be feedback, that's where you get that. Okay, that's an important process to go through. So the association here at Renaissance Park are in a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to say, okay, we weren't allowing rentals at all, but we have some. Okay, we get it. The developer just was trying to sell and get out of here and promised anything to everybody. Let's not just blame them. Let's just not be hard-nosed to other people. Let's work out a way that uh, uh, could uh, take place for everyone. That could be uh, saying uh, we're going to grandfather everybody in, and for the next three to five years as uh, the market uh, uh, changes, gets better, we expect people to sell by a certain date. That gives people uh, some hope. It could be to say, hey, we're going to allow uh, 18% 
to uh, rent, but they're grandfathered in and forevermore. Nobody else is going to rent. And as these people move, they will not be able to advertise this as a rental. It's only owner-occupant. Over time, would you get back to 100% homeowner-occupied? Yes, you would. Folks, there are a number of ways of doing it. Doing it in a way that makes sense and shows some understanding and grace to one another. Well, that's all the time we have for today's show. It's always good, folks, to uh, remember to try and uh, work out and show grace with people. As Mark Twain said, never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. Have a great rest of the weekend. We'll see you here next weekend on Where You Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 